Wasn't the Om song magnificent uh, this morning? <laughs> I've been working on a, a book on uh, the Om, and I came across a quotation of Master. Uh, he said that Om is the melody of love. And isn't that such a, a perfect uh, description of the Om vibration? I would like to begin uh, my class uh, with a visualization. And if you could all close your eyes. Master said that uh, God is, is very, very personal. And he's uh, coming to us constantly through uh, his thoughts. And every thought has energy. And all energy has vibration. And he's creating all these manifestations around us. But the most important thing is that he's created us. And this is, uh, this is a visualization called the Garden of Bliss. This following story is about you and everyone who was created by God. It is the story of your very own soul. See before you the Heavenly Father, our Creator. Gaze into his radiant face, brighter than a thousand suns. He is a God of joy, and his nature is bliss. But his spirit beyond creation, he has no one with whom to share his joy. So God made you. To enjoy himself through many, God projected his consciousness outwards to manifest the vast universe through the sacred Om vibration. Om is the outpouring of God's love flowing to you and to all creation. When you commune with Om, you enter into and flow with the stream of God's love. Visualize yourself standing with the Heavenly Father. It is the morning of creation. Feel the vibration of his love entering your heart and filling you with joy. Dwelling in cosmic Om, you live in the paradise of your Father's peace, bliss, and light. You can open your eyes when you're ready. <clears throat> We're children of heaven, and we not only have come from heaven, we're living in the grace of heaven. Master Paramahansa Yogananda said that, uh, as the advanced yogi knows, uh, without a doubt, that their life is sustained uh, by the spiritual eye. And we're born of the spiritual eye, and we are sustained by that spiritual eye, the reflection of the inner spine. And then we return to the Father, we go back to spirit. There's uh, meditation, Swami Kriyananda said, is the only human activity where we, won't, where we aren't imposing our will on the environment. And uh, it's meditation that lifts us out of 
this physical reality into heavenly realities. As I was, uh, when I was writing uh, this uh, visualization, the Garden of Bliss, I realized that the pristine ohm vibration is really the Garden of Eden. Swami Kriyananda talks about that in this vibration, everyone lives by the, uh, by the will of God, and there's just complete harmony. And it's like uh, the highest age, uh, where like Babaji said that uh, people prefer the shelter of trees because nature is benign, and all life lives uh, as a, a full expression of God. And as, as we're meditating, it's, it's important to realize that. You know, it, it's, I found it very interesting, S Swami Kriyananda, he emphasized that fact on Monday. Uh, Devi and probably Jyotish, they emphasized that fact uh, on, uh, on Tuesday. And Ananta, he just emphasized that fact, and I'm sure it was emphasized very much on Wednesday. But as Christ uh, said, we have to pray believing, you know, that this is our consciousness. And uh, the, the topic uh, is uh, accelerating our growth. Let's see, oh, I don't have it here right now, but it's the idea of personal evolution and uh, personal development and growth and planetary evolution. And I've realized that personal growth is really uh, leads us into planetary evolution because our consciousness, our aura, starts to expand and become the universe. We uh, heard the beautiful uh, chant yesterday, uh, Wednesday's class, uh, Swami Ramatirtha's song, uh, which he also called Marching Light. And uh, Swami Ramatirtha, who was a great lover of the Om vibration and, and found God through concentrating on Om, he said that na uh, nature is as big as my body. And that's because he felt himself expanding throughout all creation, uh, and that was his body. Uh, but he said, as a young man, uh, I, was, uh, I was very weak, and uh, I uh, was annoyed by all kinds of things, and, uh, but through practice uh, and tuning into Om, uh, I've, uh, I've become very strong. And, um, that, and, you know, he, in those words of that chant uh, that was played yesterday, just, just think of some of them. Uh, None can atone me. Um, I hitch to my chariot the fates and the God. Uh, he's talking about hitching all his karma, all the lesser gods, all the lesser realities of life um, are, are now, uh, he's in command over. Uh, and, you know, the, the oceans apart and the, the mountains, you know, stand aside. When I was uh, in college, I was majoring in how to find God in nature. It was uh, um, a, a major at Chico State. And we, uh, we had for our final exam, yeah, there weren't too many majors <laughs> in that. Um, but uh, in my, uh, one of my final exams, uh, I wrote about uh, all the different worlds of religion and how ecological they were. Of course, I didn't know anything, um, and I just sort of spouted things that were sort of common thinking, I think, in, in, in society. Uh, but later, I, I've come to realize uh, when uh, the Bible says that we'll have dominion over the seas and all creatures, it's not talking about that we're controlling uh, the different things in nature. It means that we... Uh, are transcending 
and uh, uh, and above in our consciousness where we aren't impacted by lower realities. And the, the meditation, more and more, it, it's just helping us to just, that's the secret to spiritual strength, is transcendence of uh, lifting our consciousness uh, beyond uh, uh, temporary uh, physical realities. Master gave a beautiful image. He said that if you had a million um, uh, cubic square feet of air and you compressed it in a container into one foot square, uh, that's like us. Uh, we, uh, we confine the cosmic consciousness into our body uh, and uh, because we're relating to the body. That's why the masters say we have to get rid of uh, attachments because uh, in attachments we focus on one portion of little matter and we're closed off from uh, uh, the consciousness of the universe. And so once uh, that air is broken out of the, the, the um, container, it just spreads out through all the space. And that's what happens to us too, is that uh, once we lose identification with our body, uh, there's nothing to constrain that consciousness and it spreads out throughout all infinity. And that's, that's the experience of, of the ohm vibration uh, where we, we, we just go out with it. Paramahansa Yogananda gave a beautiful uh, image, a uh, visualization uh, that you can use where you uh, envision a black ball around you. And in that black ball, you feel ohm vibrating all around and no point of reference. And then you expand it as big as the earth. Uh, and uh, just feel the ohm emanating from every particle uh, of the earth. And then you expand it throughout all space and heavens and just feel your consciousness reaching out and no point of reference, it's just uh, ohm vibrating everywhere. And then uh, in the ohm vibration, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda said, it's the Christ consciousness and the stillness beyond vibration. And, uh, and then he asks you to, to feel for that and, uh, and to try to, to get a sense of it. There's a, a beautiful story in Japan uh, about a Zen priest. And he, uh, all of us want to help nature and wa want to help other people and uh, help society. And, uh, but he did it in a way that was more central perhaps than many other people do. He, uh, he went out on a mountaintop and he was very fascinated by birds. And so it was a snowy mountain and he sat up there and he spent several days meditating. And the birds, because they had not so good experiences with humans in their past, uh, remained in the trees and watched him for a while. Uh, and, but then after uh, his third, fourth day of meditating, and that's all he did, the birds came down and they landed all around him. And then uh, he kept on meditating, and then the birds landed on his shoulder. Uh, and uh, they just came all around him. And he developed such an attunement with birds and such a friendship. And he did a tremendous work in terms of saving wild birds in Japan. Uh, but he, what meditation did is it allowed him to touch the essence of his own life and the essence that is in all life. And, uh, and all life responded 
uh, when he uh, was laid dying on his bed, uh, a bird came and perched on his windowsill. And then just before his funeral, uh, a kestrel, a type of sparrowhawk, was seen circling overhead uh, his body and then went off into the sky. And Swami Kriyananda told Jivada and Netri, they're our main gardeners at the Crystal Hermitage, that whenever you see a lot of birds, that's because that's where the angels are. And uh, meditation uh, will uh, help you to become an angel. And, uh, and all the birds and all good things in life will come to you. They'll be drawn to you. Uh, there's a beautiful story of Ralph Waldo Emerson. And uh, I, of course, didn't know him. And actually, I haven't read too much by him. All I know of him by, uh, by what uh, John Muir said of him. And he said of uh, Ralph Waldo that his eyes were as sincere as the sun and his face was as radiant as morning light on the mountains. And maybe that will give you an idea of his consciousness. Well, one day he was sitting on, uh, on the banks of a river uh, at a park, and he was just sat there enjoying the beauty and the stillness. And there was a mother who had brought her young boy, and young boys can be very active, and he just took off. And the mother was just looking around. She couldn't find her son, realized he was gone and uh, was starting to get desperate. And then she looked over at Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he was just sitting there very quiet and peaceful. And the boy had climbed into his lap and had gone to sleep uh, because of his just, his, his just beautiful vibration. And, uh, you know, uh, Swami Kriyananda has said that um, that. Uh, Centered energy is a lot more man magnetic than scattered energy. And, of course, this is the whole path of, of Kriya Yoga. And he said that outer events will adjust to your inner control. And this is, uh, we've seen that so much in our lives over and over again, the importance of being centered in yourself. Uh, a friend of mine shared a dramatic experience he had of this principle. He um, was a school superintendent, and we were sitting Sunday morning, and it was just uh, the event had happened just two weeks ago on a Sunday morning. It was in the district uh, office, a small school district, and he, uh, he was, as the superintendent, he was there alone, and he said that I'd had to suspend uh, the wrestling coach who happened to have been uh, a state champion for our local high school, but he was verbally abusing the students. And I told him that he needed to stop, but he, he just couldn't. So I had to suspend him. Well, he had grown up in that area as well as many relatives, and they were incensed that uh, he was uh, uh, on, um, on leave. And so my friend Thomas uh, received several threatening phone calls, uh, threatening him with violence. Well, he was in his school office uh, on that Sunday morning, just two weeks before I was sitting with him, and he said three cars stormed into the parking lot, and I could see that they were filled with four very large men in each car, and they were coming right towards me, and I hardly had time to do anything. So I called my daughter, and I said, get school security now, and then hung up. And Thomas did have a meditation practice. And so then uh, in those 15, 20 seconds, he became very still. And of course, 
I don't know if all of us in 15 minutes can become very still, but uh, he was familiar with that stillness through his meditation practice, and he happened to have a little bit of urgency behind his request. <laughs> and so he just centered himself. And then uh, the, the, the relatives, the coach wasn't with him, they were defending his honor, came barging into the schoolhouse, knocking the doors open, and they were shouting, and they were trying to intimidate him. And they were doing a good job, uh, or for at least for most people. But Thomas just sat very, very still. And uh, they barged in. They were all around him, uh, uh, 12 people just shouted at him. And he just remained centered in himself. And why did you do this? You shouldn't have done this. Uh, and uh, it's not, how does it make our family look? Things like that. And then um, finally, there was a little bit of break. And Thomas could see that uh, they, they were respecting his strength. It wasn't, he was demonstrating a strength that they weren't used to demonstrating in their own way. They were much more expressive of their strength. You know, <laughs> and, uh, but, but, they extra, uh, but they knew that he wasn't afraid of them. And, uh, and then in that stillness, Thomas explained why he needed to do what he did. And they couldn't agree right on the moment, but they took it to heart. And then they took their younger relative, the coach, and said, you have to get your act together. And he did, and he came back, and he was changed, and the whole program was changed. And, and it was only because he was able to go deeply into himself, and he wasn't, uh, he wasn't afraid of anything. Uh, and as we tune into divine realities, uh, the scriptures say we become fearless because we know without a doubt that that is our reality. His master, he had a vision of the light and he had a vision of him dying. And then the light came to him and uh, the light said, uh, what does life and death have to do with light? Uh, and uh, I, I met a, a woman that was a nature educator in Colorado. She had come to a program of mine and she has a very rare illness. And the first time uh, that she had it, she had gone into a coma for eight days and uh, and then she came out, and she was brought up uh, as a Catholic. And uh, her mother was there, of course, uh, praying for her the, the whole time. And but uh, she she came out. The first words uh, to her mother, because she had gone uh, into the light and realized that that light is uh, nothing can define that light. Uh, but she said to her mother, uh, "I'm no longer a Catholic, mother." <laughs> <laughs> and she found, of course, she found great freedom in that light. Uh, but, but she still has that illness, as, as Gyandev was talking about. She was looking, in the, I think it was Ananda member, uh, who had so many challenges, but looking into her eyes, she was free of that identification uh, of all those outward things in her life. Well, uh, uh, this woman, uh, she, um, she says, I have to end up going to the emergency room three or four times a, a year. And it's always a life-threatening situation and very chaotic and people are very nervous. 
and, and that, but uh, because of my experience with the light, I'm just very relaxed and I just go, I, I go with the light, I, I go in the light, and I know I'm protected in the light during that time and she's just very, very calm. And, uh, and it's because of that, that experience. And if we really wanna find freedom in this world is to remember again that we are children of heaven and that is our, our deepest reality. <clears throat> we, we get in trouble when we identify with uh, lower realities and take them at their face value. And we just, we can't really move things. Swami Kriyananda in his success course talks about how hard it is to move inert matter. It's just fixed, it's heavy. And it, it's got its self-definition and it's very happy <laughs> with its self-definition. And uh, he says to look for the living appearance behind that reality. And, and then if we do, it, 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 it uplifts uh, that, that reality. And, and we can then relate to it on a higher level and help to draw that out. Uh, I was uh, in Ohio, Southern Ohio, and uh, we were going through also a little town on Sunday morning. And uh, uh, my sponsor uh, told me that just uh, a few weeks ago uh, that there was a, a Ku Klux Klan uh, march planned. This was in the 80s, so um, it was a few years ago. And uh, there are only seven members, but uh, in their planned march, they had stirred up the whole community and everybody was up in arms. And so people wanted to have a demonstration and line the streets and shout these guys down and show them that they aren't wanted. Uh, and, uh, you know, and this is, of course, what they did want. They wanted a lot of attention and they wanted to stir things up. And, and this is, restlessness uh, attracts restlessness. And so somebody had the bright idea, well, let's go out to the community park some miles away and let's have a celebration on community and diversity. Uh, and so uh, the whole town and the county went out to this park and the seven Ku Klux Klan members uh, in their outfits uh, and their big hats walked through this deserted town. And I, the town was deserted when I was being told the story. And it was just a very old town, just completely silent. Not even a cat was seen. <laughs> and the Ku Klux Klan walked around. And of course, there was no one to notice them. And then they just slunk away to their cars and drove off. And they were never, ever heard again um, uh, because they just weren't recognized. And uh, this is why it's so important, uh, the idea of being positive at all times, why that's so crucial. Uh, in uh, somebody, a psychologist said that uh, normal human beings, we have 300 thoughts a minute uh, that call self-talk. And he said, I can assure you that not every thought in that minute is a positive one. <laughs> it's all it has to do about me and, and sort of reaffirming our own ego. So uh, what, what does meditation do? It just breaks that momentum and uh, just nips it in the bud. Uh, Anandi and I, we were teaching a meditation class in the early days uh, of the uh, Ananda uh, Center on the peninsula. And there was a, a Silicon Valley couple who had their different jobs and they're very intense jobs. 
and they would come home in the evening and because not everyone was enlightened in their office, they would just talk about the different uh, challenging people that they had there and how their different projects didn't make sense. And they said they would just go all evening, uh, just kind of let things out and here's somebody that could understand. Well, they learned meditation and uh, Anandi just said, if you could just do five minutes of meditation in the evening. We aren't asking that you do a whole hour or two hours. Just, just do five minutes. And so they thought, well, I can do that, or we can do that. And so they, after home, they got home, they meditated five minutes. And they said that their whole evening was changed because those five minutes broke the cycle. And then they related to each other on a much more positive, inspirational level. Uh, and, and, and that's what, of course, meditation does, is it, it stops that momentum uh, that we may have created. Even uh, Paramahansa Yogananda in writing to Rajasi said that in active works in life, it's so uh, hard not to be caught in, in doing them because we, we have a lot of ourselves behind them. And we need an activity like meditation that just says, I'm just going straight to the top. You know, in the military, they have um, uh, the idea of the chain of command, where you, um, you have the general and the colonel and the major and the captain and so on down to the private. And the private doesn't have a whole lot of say in everything. And, uh, you know, and you can't go above the, the next level of chain of command or you get in a lot of trouble. Although there was an amusing story about the most famous Marine general and most decorated. He was really a, a, a soldier. He didn't go into these conventions. And there was a young lieutenant fresh out of uh, officer school and one of the enlisted men uh, didn't salute him. And, uh, and this uh, General Chesty Puller, he... Um, he was more interested in fighting the war rather than all the regimentation that went around it. Well, he, uh, this lieutenant saw the private and, uh, who didn't salute him, and he said, I want you to salute me 300 times right now. <laughs> this is uh, not, not before the battle, but, uh, or in the battle, but before the battle. Uh, and uh, Chester was so incensed that he said to the lieutenant, well, I'm not going to um, go against your order to this private, but every time this private salutes you, I want you to salute him back 300 times. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was thinking about what, uh, you know, uh, if we stay in things as they are, their own realities, uh, there's not really a lot of movement that could take place. And, you know, just the command, uh, chain of command structure is just really uh, a symbol for everything, all of life's realities. But the devotee, they can go just right to the top, can't they? Uh, they can just go to the supreme commander and just say, you know, I, I'm leaving this physical world. I'm leaving this astral world. I'm hopefully going to go through the causal world. Or at least I'm getting my messages. And, and you know, the, the general will come down and give us uh, uh, messages, even if we haven't transcended things completely just through our desire. And, uh, and of course, this is really the path in the grace that the devotee has is that, uh, that that is always there because that's, uh, that's what we've come from. God, uh, Master was talking about God and uh, God has put himself together with us in our reality. And God says that you and I are trapped together 
And as long as you're identified with, the, uh, uh, with your body, I as the soul uh, remain caged with you. And so each one of us, we want to free ourselves uh, and uh, so that we can experience the glory of God, but also to share that glory with everyone. Swami uh, Kriyananda, uh, it was mentioned earlier this week, uh, I think it was, that now all uh, Swami doesn't pray in words anymore. Uh, his prayers are wordless. And that's because his heart is big as the universe. And, you know, everybody all over the world have been touched uh, by him, and he's able to inspire them. Last Christmas, uh, the day before, we had the all-day meditation, and it was the day before the Naya Swami uh, initiation, and many people in the community that were taking the vows had very, very deep, profound experiences uh, during that time. Uh, Anandi and I, we had the flu, so we were trying our best in meditating in our little temple at our house. And uh, I had gone back, um, back into my uh, meditation room and was just trying the best as I could. And, and then I felt very deeply the, the grace of God and his presence very strongly. And in this experience, I uh, spontaneously, all the people that I had ever met in this incarnation had flooded into my consciousness and then they passed into the inspiration I was feeling. And I, I thought a lot about that experience. Of course, it was very inspiring. But we, we all want to help people. And uh, we want to uh, help them in the best possible way that we can. And isn't sharing God that the highest that we can uh, share with people is that and, and meditation, the whole spiritual path of renouncing the I and more and more really becoming the world in our identification and expanding our consciousness, we can naturally help people and, and help them on a level that can really bring them forward as we ourselves are brought forward. And it's said in the skies that uh, one moon uh, gives off more light than all the stars. And it's, it's, the, the, it's those devotees who really are sincere, which I know all of you are, uh, as we keep going deeper and deeper into God uh, in our spiritual lives, more and more, uh, God through us will be able to help people. Swami Kriyananda said to overcome the strain of meditation, don't feel that uh, we're, um, we're the ones meditating, feel that uh, the cosmic vibration through me is manifesting itself. Uh, feel that uh, uh, cosmic love uh, through me uh, is um, seeking universal love. Feel that cosmic joy through me is uh, delighting in infinite bliss. And, you know, it's all God. It's all God. God and everyone else, God and ourselves. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's not only a course meditation that brings us there, but meditation is such a wonderful activity uh, that uh, just cuts everything away and is just so focused that we can really gain a sense of momentum. 
And of course, if it's done, uh, our practices are done with ego, you, we're trying to get out of ego consciousness, and that holds us back. Master said uh, that uh, Kriya is the airplane route to God, but it must be piloted by the masters. Uh, and their grace is so important. Uh, and uh, Asha now will talk about uh, that aspect of the path and how everything, they have the consciousness that we want and they, uh, their guidance uh, will give us, will bring us to the farthest shores of liberation. Bless you all.